Hi, welcome to worship on this 15th Sunday after Pentecost. Let us begin with the confession and forgiveness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Gracious God, throughout the ages, you transform sickness into health and death into life. Open to us the power of your presence and make us a people ready to proclaim your promises to the whole world, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from James. My brothers and sisters, do you, with your acts of favoritism, really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, Have a seat here, please, while to the one who is poor you say, Stand there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters. Has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. It is not the rich who oppress you. It is not they who drag you into court. It is not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was involved, invoked over you. You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourselves. 
But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable of it. For the one who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. Now if you do not commit adultery, but if you murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him and came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home and found the child lying on the bed, and the demon was gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then, looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened and his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Martin Luther once called the letter of James an epistle of straw. He argued that this letter should not be in the Bible. Why did Martin Luther feel so strongly about what we just read as our second reading? He thought there was not enough reference to the letter to Jesus Christ, and it did not discuss the death and resurrection of Jesus 
which he felt was central to Christianity. In the reading for today, it is said, Faith itself, if it has no works, is dead. Martin Luther would have taken offense by that statement, because we believe we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. There is no reference to works in this statement. This statement is central to the Lutheran faith. So why does James feel faith is not enough? James is writing this letter to the twelve tribes of the dispersion, which probably refers to the early Christian community in its relation to the people of Israel. James is concerned because he sees people showing favoritism and gives the example of treating people who have wealth and standing in the community better than those who are poor and suffering. He points out that scripture says, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Yet he sees people loving some people more than others. These people are not fulfilling the commandment and not living in the faith. People will argue that they are taking care of others, but fail to realize that they are choosing who to help, which is not what Jesus intended with his commandment. Do our actions and words align with our faith? You can't profess your faith in Jesus Christ unless you are willing to follow Christ in your actions. That is what James is trying to convey to the people. It all comes down to character. James was not trying to say that you have to earn your righteousness by doing good works like Martin Luther thought, but was trying to say to the people and get them to understand that what is important was how our character reflected Jesus Christ. Do our actions and words reflect Jesus' command to love one another? I heard a story once about a pastor who had accepted a new call. He was to begin the following Sunday, but since he had arrived a week early, he decided to visit the congregation in disguise to see how welcoming this congregation was to a stranger. He dressed as a homeless man, his clothes were dirty, and he had not shaved or showered. He entered the sanctuary just as worship was to begin. The ushers stood there not sure what to do. They did acknowledge his presence. They did not acknowledge his presence until he started to walk down the aisle. Then one of the men rushed up to him and suggested he might prefer to take a seat in the back pew. The pastor shook his head and continued up the aisle until he reached the front pew. He sat down as all the people stared at him and started to talk among each other. The service went on. When it came to sharing the peace, no one ventured to the front pew. When it came time to pass the offering plate, the ushers, thinking it might embarrass him, did not bring the plate to his pew. After worship, everyone filed out of the sanctuary and went to the social hall for coffee. No one invited the man to join them. The next Sunday, the pastor came for his first Sunday. The people were excited to meet the new pastor. 
The service was about to begin, and they had not seen the pastor come in yet. The people were beginning to worry when the homeless man again came through the door. This time, instead of stopping at the pew, he continued up into the chancel and introduced himself as the new pastor. How do you suppose these people felt when they realized they had treated him the way they did the week before? Were they embarrassed? Were they mad at being deceived? Did the pastor make the point he was hoping to make? We all make judgment calls when we encounter a stranger. We look at how they are dressed. We observe their actions. Even their facial features may remind us of someone we either like or don't like. We make a quick decision as to whether we may or may not like them before we even talk to them. Even after we are introduced, it could be something as simple as their last name that may make us want to walk away. James is trying to tell us that we are not to judge others. Instead, we are to welcome them as Jesus welcomed the stranger into his life. Jesus was always inviting the least desirable people to eat with him, to have conversations with him, and to come to him for healing. It was those kinds of good works that we are to continue to do for others. Not because we will gain God's love and acceptance in doing these things, but because we want our character to reflect the character of Jesus Christ. It warmed my heart several weeks ago when a stranger came to worship with us at faith. This man came right after worship was beginning. He did not look at all like a homeless man, but he did not look familiar. Someone came right up and offered him a chair. I saw that he followed the worship quite well, so I figured he was at least familiar with our Lutheran worship. He was attentive and engaged. What happened after worship was what made me smile. Instead of going over to visit with those who are familiar, people took the time to welcome the stranger. And it turned out he really was not a stranger, but a child of the faith congregation. He was grown and had been gone for quite a few years, but he was welcomed back without hesitation. Calamus Lutheran Parish is not perfect, but there are many good people who try their best to put on the character of Jesus Christ and welcome others. I can't say that we don't have a tendency to judge others. I do the same thing. But I can say we do many things that show how much we care for all people. Keep up all those good works you do, not because you know you will gain your righteousness, but do so so that the character of Jesus Christ shows through you. Amen. Using the words of the Apostles' Creed, let us confess our holy faith. 
I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. <clears throat> he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Made children and heirs of God's promise, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. Holy One, you bring your people together in worship. Enliven your church. Guide all who seek to share your love through word and deed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You provide water for thirsty ground and sunshine to feed hungry plants. Bless all who advocate for unpolluted air and clean waterways. Inspire us all to care for the world you have made. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You show no partiality. Increase justice in all nations. Encourage leaders and governments to work together and be with all those in military service and their families, especially Andrew Grau. May their ways be safe and their homecomings joyful. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You accompany those who are in need. Shelter those fleeing violence and persecution. Protect any who are in danger and comfort those who suffer, especially those we carry in our hearts and those we name aloud. Rhea the family of Chad Bushlow. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You support the work of your disciples. Continue to nurture the leadership and ministries of our congregations as we work together. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We embrace all who have died in the faith, we thank you for their example and rejoice in their lives. We remember your newest Saint Chad and ask you to continue to comfort his family in their grief. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and those in our hearts, known only to you, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Go in peace. Remember the poor. Thanks.
be to God.